Section twenty seven of A Treatise on Good Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. A Treatise on Good Works by Martin Luther. Translated by Johann Michael Rieu. Fourth Commandment. Subsections ten through twelve. Ten. If, then, such unbearable abuses are all carried on in the name of God and St. Peter, just as if God's name and the spiritual power were instituted to blaspheme God's honor, to destroy Christendom, body and soul, we are indeed in duty bound to resist in a proper way as much as we can. And here we must do like pious children whose parents have become insane, and first see by what right that which has been founded for God's service in our lands, or has been ordained to provide for our children, must be allowed to do its work in Rome, and elapse here, where it ought to serve. How can we be so foolish? Since then bishops and spiritual prelates stand idle in this matter, offer no opposition, or are afraid, and thus allow Christendom to perish, it is our duty first of all humbly to call upon God for help to prevent this thing, then to put our hand to work to the same end, send the courtesans and those who bear letters from rome about their business in a reasonable gentle way inform them that if they wish to care for their parishes properly they shall live in them and improve the people by preaching or by good example or if not and they do live in rome or elsewhere lay waste and debauch the churches then let the pope feed them whom they serve it is not fitting that we support the pope's servants his people yes his knaves and whores to the destruction and injury of our souls lo these are the true turks whom the kings princes and the nobility ought to attack first not seeking thereby their own benefit but only the improvement of christendom and the prevention of the blasphemy and disgracing of the divine name and so to deal with the clergy as with a father who has lost his sense and wits who if one did not restrain him and resist him although with all humility and honor might destroy child heir and everybody thus we are to honor roman authority as our highest father and yet since they have gone mad and lost their senses not allow them to do what they attempt lest christendom be destroyed thereby eleven some think this should be referred to a general council to this i say no for we have had many councils in which this has been proposed namely at constance basil and the last roman council but nothing has been accomplished and things have grown ever worse moreover such councils are entirely useless since roman wisdom has contrived the device that the kings and princes must beforehand take an oath to let the romans remain what they are and keep what they have and so is put up a bar to ward off all reformation to retain protection and liberty for all their knavery although this oath is demanded forced and taken contrary to god and the law and by it the doors are locked against the holy spirit who should rule the councils but this would be the best and also the only remedy remaining if kings princes nobility cities and communities themselves began and opened a way for reformation so that the bishops and clergy who now are afraid would have reason to follow for here nothing else shall and must be considered except god's first three commandments against which neither rome nor heaven nor earth can command or forbid anything and the ban or threatening with which they think they can prevent this amounts to nothing just as it amounts to nothing if an insane father severely threatens the son who restrains him or locks him up 
12. The third work of this commandment is to obey the temporal authority as Paul teaches, Romans chapter 13 and Titus chapter 3, and St. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, Submit yourselves to the king as supreme, and to the princes and his ambassadors, and to all the ordinances of the worldly power. But it is the work of the temporal power to protect its subjects, and to punish thievery, robbery, and adultery, as St. Paul says, Romans chapter 13. It beareth not the sword in vain, it serves God with it, to the terror of evil doers, and to the protection of the good. Here men sin in two ways. First, if they lie to the government, deceive it, and are disloyal, neither obey nor do as it has ordered and commanded, whether with their bodies or their possessions. For even if the government does injustice, as the king of Babylon did to the people of Israel, yet God would have it obeyed, without treachery and deception. Secondly, when men speak evil of the government and curse it, and when a man cannot revenge himself and abuses the government with grumbling and evil words publicly or secretly. In all this we are to regard that which St. Peter bids us regard, namely, that its power, whether it do right or wrong, cannot harm the soul, but only the body and property, unless indeed it should try openly to compel us to do wrong against God or men. As in former days when the magistrates were not yet Christians, and as the Turk is now said to do. For to suffer wrong destroys no one's soul, nay, it improves the soul, although it inflicts loss upon the body and property. But to do wrong, that destroys the soul, although it should gain all the world's wealth. End of section 27